are having a threesome with Jennifer Golden, Lauren Leonelli, and Rob Evers. And now, it's complicated. Hello, Master Daters. Welcome back for another episode of It's Complicated. The struggle is real when you're dating in the city. I'm Jen. And I'm not Jen. And I am Rob. So you know how you ask your friends where you should take your first date? What on earth this text means? And if it's okay to post a certain pic on the socials? Well, that's what we call your village, and we think you can't date or relate without them. Welcome to our village, and you should be pumped to be here because we are bringing you expert guests who are filled with all the answers that will take some of the guessing out of the game. Make sure you subscribe and share our podcast with your friends so we can help the village grow even bigger. You can find us at It's Complicated Podcast wherever you get your pods, and don't forget to tell a friend. We're happy to have our friend Rob, and as always appreciated male perspective, back from his Swiss getaway. We want to hear how it was traveling solo, and if you met anyone, because obviously we have very selfish, vested interest in that happening, so we can hear about it. Uh, Maybe friend, more than a friend, you know, just anybody that you might have met along your adventures. It was a comedy of errors, kind of, but like, basically what happened was I went by myself. So like supposed to go by yourself, I was not supposed to go back by myself. My, uh, friend who was going to come with me backed out at the last second, uh, due to personal reasons. Um, but you know, I've traveled by myself before and like my happiest times in my life. I've been like my, my, when I, when somebody says, go to your happy place, usually my happy place is like in 2019, I went to Berlin for new year's by myself And, um, like I knew where my mom was and she was safe. I knew where my sister was and she was safe. And I didn't have a girlfriend that I was worried about. I didn't have somebody I liked and I didn't have an ex that I was like stressing about. So like I was in this perfect place of like just being in the moment. And like, I was in the middle of the square in Berlin and I had a beer in my hand and the fireworks were going off and I was meeting a friend, uh, for a party and I was just happy. You know what I mean? And I was like, this is my spot. But Every time I've traveled alone, I've always kind of like been in the city by myself for like a day or two and then met with people that I knew were going to be there. Does that make sense? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And that's fun. It's like, no, you can have the best of both worlds that way. Right. And usually when people travel, they're like, oh, I'll travel from here to here. And I'll say, I'll stay with my friend here and then I'll travel a couple of days to my friend over here. Do you know what? So it's like they have like points of knowing somebody. I was going to a country where I didn't know where, like what I was doing. I had an itinerary. So I had to like follow this train itinerary. And then like, I didn't know a single person in the entire country, like an entire country of not knowing anybody. So it was very daunting at first. Um, I kind of freaked out a little bit on my way there. I was like, am I going to know how to catch the trains? Am I going to know where I'm going? Am I going to like where I'm staying? Am I going to like be able to eat by myself, you know, like that kind of stuff. And it was fantastic. It was so, I'm, I talk to myself in my head all the time anyway. (laughs) So even when I'm by myself, I'm not really by myself. Um, and I like taking things in and I like, I like having to share things with somebody, but I also like not having to worry about somebody. So there were definitely a couple moments of like, all shucks. Like I wish I had been like, with somebody that I could have been like, are you seeing this? You know? Um, But those were way outnumbered by times of me just staring out a window or walking in a small town or being on a lake and being like, Oh my God, I'm so happy by myself right now. 
Like I'm just right. breathing in and breathing out. You and know? and did you like, were you really just kind of invested in taking it in alone or were your eyes open to like meeting people around you, talking to people around you, or were you just kind of like focused on you? No, I mean, like, you know me, I'll talk to a, a, a squirrel in a tree, you know, like if, if, if there's somebody to talk to, I'll talk to them. Um, it wasn't, it was weird because I, I purposely chose this season to go because it's like not during the ski season. Cause I don't ski. Right. And I've been to like Austria when it's all snow on the ground, it all looks the same. You can't really, it's not as beautiful as it seems because it's just blanket white, you know? Yeah. And then I heard the summer is packed with like hikers and all like a lot of tourists and everything. So, and it's hot. So like, I kind of found this middle ground. The only problem was everything was closed. So like the cities that I would go to, like the first city I went to St. Moritz was like, I think I was one of 50 people in the whole town. Wow. And like, I'd go into, like I purposely would go into bars to have a drink to see if I would meet somebody and it'd be like one person in the corner smoking and having a beer, you know? And it was like that everywhere I went. So it like, I, I would go places and I would like meet people, but they were either older because they were taking like their, you know, their like retirement trip is where they always wanted to go. Um, I met a nice couple from Philly that were, you know, in their seventies. Oh, I'm sure you chatted them up a storm. We chat. Well, we just kind of re- kept re- running into each other. I met a, a, a nice young man and his um, mom in a gondola uh, from the UK, but originally from the Philippines. And we spent a day together on top of a glacier. I was like, can I hang out with, can, do you mind if I hang out with you guys? Rob, you I haven't talked. Hang out. That's. That's brave. Well, I was like, I haven't really talked to anybody in like five days. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, yeah, come on. So that that was basically the only people I talked to the entire time were those two couples. And then like, I try to go out, like when I got to a big city in Lucerne, like that was where I could go meet people. But I was so tired all the time. I was like, do I really want to go force myself out to a bar and drink right now? Um, and then on the train, it was like couples and old people and families, you know, and I would just put in my ear pods and put on like classical music or like soundtracks or something and just look out the window. Well, it sounds like you went into this trip with an open mind without like these massive expectations of I'm going to find somebody or I'm going to find myself or you didn't really know what to expect. And even though you might've had a moment of like, Oh God, what's this going to be like for the most part, you went in with like zero expectations and just like kind of let the wind take you where it was going to take you. And I think that's kind of a good philosophy for life, specifically for dating. Like the more expectations you have when you're going on a date or meeting somebody, you're forcing all of these things that you need to happen. And then maybe some of those expectations are like kind of crazy and never going to get met. And then you get let down and then you're just Well, remember I had that psychic be like, you're going to meet a Swiss girl. Remember that? It was like last year. And she's like, you're going to meet a Swiss girl and you're going to move to Switzerland and you're going to live there half the year. And I, how'd you let that go? How'd I let it go? Like, how'd you let that go when you were there? Like, were you thinking about that the whole time? Of course. I mean, of course I was thinking about it when I won the trip. I was like, holy shit, Switzerland of all places is the fucking trip I won. Um, but when I was there and not really meeting anybody, I was like, all right, well, who cares? Maybe, maybe now if I do meet somebody from Switzerland, I can connect with them and say I was just there and talk about the towns and like yeah. have something in common, you know? So it wasn't like me being out there and be like, psychic said, I'm going to meet somebody. Are you it? Are you it? Are you the person? Yeah. I, I, one day left. It must be you. You know what I mean? But 
it, well, it was, and you, uh, also, you practice talking to people, you practice being alone, you have fun by yourself. Like, again, now you have something interesting to talk about. If you do go on dates, and to your point, if you meet somebody who is Swiss, you can connect on that level. And I think sometimes we hear what a psychic or an astrologer says, and we take it very literally. But yeah, I once had um, a, an astrologer tell me I have like English energy. Um, and now I live with a person mm-hmm. from England, you know, so and I'm I going he's Australian. That. He's both. So oh. he was born in England, but raised like in Scotland and Australia and then went back to England like later. But anyway, the point is, is I think they give us a piece of information and we need to sort of be a little bit more open to what well, you do. You have to remember your free will, right? right? This person. And then, you know, there's a whole bunch of people telling you different stuff. Cause I go to psychics a lot. Yeah. This one was just very sp- specific, but I did be, but it, the thing that's funny is that I kept remember her being like, you're going to want to move there because you're going to fall in love with the country. And if she offers it, you're going to want to go. And I was like, when I was leaving there, I was like, fuck man, I could live here. Like, like I just, there was a sense of like, uh, I, I want to move back. You know what I mean? Even if it's like a little town for like the summers, you know, it was like that kind of thing. But yeah. Well, we anyway. are very, very glad you're back. And we, feel like, you know, whether you're on a vacation and looking for love or you're in your hometown and you're swiping or walking your dog or talking to a squirrel in a tree or waiting for a rom-com meet cute, uh, (laughs) you're probably feeling anxious to find the one if you're looking and get the relationship going, right? So you think this might, like the sense of urgency we're talking about might sound like desperate, like it's going to make you look super desperate. But we think being sure about what you're looking for and standing solid on your expectations and boundaries and standards, they can help you fast track your road to love as long, don't forget this part, as you don't ignore the ever so dreaded red flags and fall for someone without really knowing what you're getting into. Committing to someone is the ultimate goal. That's what we all kind of want, you know, sometimes, but I think that's the ultimate goal when you're actually looking for a relationship. And there are ways to become exclusive and drive into a relationship without getting a speeding ticket for premature emotional investulation. <laughs> you see what I did there? Instead of yeah. premature ejaculation. Yeah. <laughs> Good one. We are going to guide you guys through some tips that we read posted by Erica at your dot relationship dot reset. That's her handle. She's a relationship therapist and dating coach. Surprise, surprise. That will help you, uh, one, identify emotionally investing too soon is if that's a pattern for you. Two, how to be intentional about your dating decisions. Three, why healing your abandonment wounds is important. And she will also show us what we're going to talk about, the 12 warning signs that you are emotionally investing too soon. Green means go as long as you're not painting those red flags green yourself. So to determine where you stand when it comes to your emotional investment in someone, first things first, you have to identify your negative patterns. So like, for example, take a step back, evaluate your past relationships. We know we don't want to always like look into the skeletons in our closet, but hello, are there any patterns you might notice? Is it you? Are you the problem at you? Do you hide or ignore your feelings? Do you drop the boundaries when it comes to somebody you're starting to date? You know, maybe you have them when you're single, but then when you're starting to interact with somebody, suddenly they go out the door. It's really important to take accountability for behaviors in the beginning because that's that's the first step, right, guys? 
Yeah. I mean, you have to look, I think that we are on this show, the three of us, um, emotionally mature and we've learned a lot, um, based on, you know, the, the immense amount of coaching that we've basically had on this show. And like, it's hard not to be a host on this show and not be like, Oh shit, I do that. Oh fuck. Maybe that's me. Oh, cause um, can you imagine if you and I, Jen, were both like defensive the entire time we had a guest on, it would be insane. Yeah, no, it definitely truly can't do that. I mean, I think that's probably only happened a couple of times when we didn't like what they had to say, but in yeah. general, we're like, damn, you might have a point or like, whatever, we can have dissenting opinions here. That's cool too. Yeah. Yes, exactly. And we need to be mm-hmm. intentional. That is very important. So instead of jumping into a relationship and just like going willy nilly, think about some things. Did you take time to get to know that person to see if you're compatible on multiple levels, not just like I'm attracted to them? Um, you know, things that you need to evaluate in someone are their values, their communication style, like long term goals. Do they align with yours? How long will it take? to assess these elements. It's not just like a week. You need to give it some time. And again, chemistry is not a sign to jump all in. Please remember that. It's a good thing. It's just not a sign to just go, 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 go. These two things sound like homework. No, it's going to get better. (laughs) It kind of is. I know, but it's like, you're like, oh, she's pretty and I like her and we have fun. Does her long-term goals communicate my style of commitment? A couple weeks, you just don't then... You start asking those questions after a couple of weeks. You don't just then after a couple of weeks be like, wow, we have great sex. This is the one for me. Like, and just start deciding that and then start dreaming about the future without thinking about these things. They're just things that you can come up with by having conversations, by getting to know somebody. Yeah. I mean, I'm kind of doing that now, I think. Love can be complicated, as we all know, and sex adds its own complexity to the mix, which is why we're always on the hunt for ways to better our relationships. We are so excited to tell you about Love Shop, a marketplace with a huge variety of high-quality sex toys that makes the world of sex a bit more lovely. Wait, for men too? For men too, Rob. (laughs) That's amazing. Love Shop has been helping singles and couples alike destigmatize sex and is passionate about normalizing the conversation around it. And to make things easier, they offer free shipping on all orders over $69, wink, wink. And in the event the delivery person hasn't got the normalcy memo yet, they ship discreetly within two to four days all across North America. Head to loveshoptoys.com slash it's complicated and enter code it's complicated to save 20% off almost all regular priced products. Doesn't seem that complicated now, does it? It definitely does not. And to stay up to speed on all of their amazing products, start following them at Love Shop Toys on Instagram because life is too short for bad sex. There's, I met somebody who's really cool, but she's younger. Surprise. <laughs> but she, uh, she's, I mean, she's not like early 20s, but she's late 20s. And like to me, that's twenty years almost of difference. Not and I brought that's that up to her. Math, Rob. That's twenty. Years. Yeah, <laughs> almost. I'm forty. I'm still mid forties um, for another month. But I brought it up to her, and I did say that I'm like, you know, twenty years. You're you're young, and this is a lot. And I'm going to want somebody who wants this, 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 and this soon. And she, her response was awesome. She's like, look, I'm not in L.A 
late twenties. I'm a Texas late twenties. I have a job that's really good and I make a lot of money. I own my own home. I've already been through two relationships that weren't going where I want them to go. She's like, I have my feet on the ground. I know family and I want it, you know, like that kind of stuff. She's like, I think you're used to a 27 year old who, who has, you know, uh, different expectations for where she is right now to compare to what a lot of people my age want. Valid, and I'm valid like, questions and conversation. And you're being intentional by both of you by saying that. So that's great. Yes. But yes. I love her response. That was like, bam, she got you. But, and also she's right. I mean, anybody that's watched reality TV of anybody in a different place than LA, New York, or maybe Miami, like when somebody's 27, they've already lived three lives. They have a family, a home, like multiple kids potentially. And that changes you. You grow up differently then and and faster. You would assume you adult a little bit quicker when you're put in the position, but it sounds like uh, she's got a good head on her shoulders. Now, what I'm thinking is like, is that going to scare you away? Because now she's kind of telling you what's up. Right. And it, and it's also like, well now, and then I, I go thinking about other stuff, right? So here's my, uh, what was the other thing we we're talking about? Uh, my negative patterns, right? So like, I'm like, oh, well, yeah, but when you turn th- for your 30th birthday, it's going to be my 50th birthday. <laughs> like, cause we're both Gemini's. We're both around the same time. So it's like, Oh, all right. Now am I freaking out that she's going to make me feel old the entire time? Is it me? Do you know what I mean? Like you start throwing that stuff in there, but yeah. Okay. So, okay. I'll take that back. The homework, I guess the homework works. That's why they call it work. Right. Yeah. Yeah, And your form of homework is actually our podcast. So I think (laughs) doing it, you know, unintentionally, but it is actually intentional in that, like you love this stuff. So well, I think being older makes me, I think being old, you know what they say? Like when you're older, you, you tend to want to learn more, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. But I think that this is like, all right, well, I'm, I'm older, like maybe 10 years ago, this would have been too much. Right. Well, it's just when you're ready, you know? Do No, no. I mean like the homework, like the 12 right. things we're about when to get into. When you're ready to yeah. receive it all. Like that's just when you, to somebody else, it might be a little bit, you know, in their 30s, they might've been ready to receive all of this. But I think it's something that when you, when you think you're ready to get into a relationship, it's something to keep in mind, whether that's in your 30s or 40s or whenever it is. Yeah. I mean, I think to your point, like when you want something, you usually focus on it. So like, if you're going to go get a new car, you start doing research on that car. We're not going to do research on a car every day of your life because the off chance you get a new car. So in this case, Rob, you feel more ready to be in a relationship. So you're doing different things than you would have done back in the old timey times. I mean, even the fact that you looked at the age and you called it out this time, like Mm -hmm. that's a blessing. She happened to have a really good answer for why her age isn't important, but you called it out. That's the win. That's a really good analogy, Jen. The car that's, researching or this yeah. part? <laughs> no, the car research. Yeah. Great. That's, okay. a, that's yeah. And that's when good. you start looking into researching a car, you start noticing that car everywhere you go because your brain is helping you tell yourself that that's important. Mm. There's a whole like- And you start doing it like automatically There's a too, whole, right? it's an actual scientific thing that happens and like the acronym is RAF, but I forget what it stands for. And it's like your- you have a hairnet. Real as fuck. Yes. I think that's the, I think that's the acronym. And you're, it's like there's a hairnet over your brain. And 
only the thing that the things that can come into your brain. There's like a bouncer standing outside of your brain. That's the RAF. He only lets into the club that car that you're looking for. So make sure oh. that whatever you're intentional about, it's a good thing. Because if you're like, oh, I suck at my job, then all you're going to remember at the end of the day was all the mistakes that you made because the bouncer's only letting in the mistakes because that's all that's important. All you're going to see is sucking. So yeah, so you've got to <laughs> think about like, hey, think about that car you want. Now all of a sudden everybody drives that car and you're like, what? I never saw that car before in my life. And now everyone, because yeah. the bouncer's letting that car. And so if you're intentional about something, you can switch your brain to start making that important and those are that's the information you're going to receive so this is all helpful too with like being intentional without it kind of making it feel like homework because the brain your brain will do the work for you yeah so so we have what what go what oh i was just going to say so we have these 12 signs that you're doing things too soon that you're that you're investing too soon right so and instead of backing up and doing the homework, you're just jumping into the pool. Instead of doing the work on the research on the, in the Kelly blue book on the car, you're just throwing down $40,000 cash and jumping because in. You exactly. want to impress somebody or something. So do, the yeah. first sign that's very general, but it's like, just ask yourself this question. Do you normally jump all into relationships just after a few weeks of meeting someone like all in, like ready to go. This is the one we are talking about moving in together already. If you do that, oh, you just that was a big. I don't know if I'd say moving in together already, but like if I like somebody, I like them and I want to spend time with them, and yeah, I jump in. I jump in. Okay, but if I like you, because I wait so long to find somebody I like. All right, and I think honestly, when I read all of these, I feel like I do a little of all of them. But you need to be like, really ask yourself those those extreme questions. Like, are you thinking about moving in with this person? Are you like? fantasizing about those things have you and maybe even talked about it that has happened before to me on the receiving end okay people do shit like that well i think we're all criminal or whatever participants in all of these things at certain times and maybe if you do all 12 then you're probably like single white did you female. mean did you mean to say guilty instead of criminal yeah obviously <laughs> you know what you can't be good at everything okay so the point is is the intention behind it is are you focused on the idea of being in the relationship so you invest too much too soon and don't know the person or like do you romanticize some things about the person because you do really know them and like them so this list kind of helps you look at it from both sides of the coin so that's interesting like are you just so excited to, to get into a relationship that you just jump in right away like it's hot outside and you got to get to the pool so you don't even <laughs> yeah. notice like right yeah just full exactly of analogies today. Is, and I'm sure or or have you already done all the stuff in your head with this person before you start dating them so that when you start dating them, you're already 10 miles down the road. Right. Right. Yeah. But it, it's the background behind it. So like the second one is I kind of, you know, talked about it earlier in the show, but you drop or adjust your boundaries to appease the other person in hopes of securing the relationship. So like basically you I become a shell of yourself and you forget what matters to you just because you want somebody to like you and validate you. And you maybe it's like, you know, in, when you're in high school, you just want the captain of the football team to notice you, but like that guy could be a dick. So mm -hmm. you want the like him because he's you want the dick. Okay, <laughs> well, I caught myself there. Yeah, you did. <laughs> it's not safe for work, but um, you know, it, it, what's the intention behind it? Right, I do that. I do yeah, that. I've, I've I do that. Done it. Do you drop or adjust your boundaries? I mean, sometimes adjust. 
let's be real here. Sometimes adjusting your boundaries might be a good lesson for you in a way. I mean, this isn't like that black and white, but like maybe you need to loosen up a little bit. Maybe you need to look at things from a different perspective. But for the most part, if you're like completely losing yourself because you want the dick, then you got (laughs) to swish that up. That's not right. It's all about the dick. (laughs) Okay. The third one is, do you find yourself constantly checking for text messages or calls? I think that just means like you probably don't feel safe or secure because you don't feel like that other person is like, you just think they're constantly going to rip the rug out from under you. So if you feel like that and you're like just obsessed with hearing from this person, then. But that's in the beginning, right? So this, these are all beginning stuff. Okay. So like, you, are you like, are they thinking about me as much as I'm thinking about them right now? Why aren't they calling? Maybe they're texting. Maybe they're not into me that much. Like, kind of right. like that. It's spiral as a result of not being in constant communication. But like, what does constant communication even mean? It doesn't necessarily mean they like you more. Maybe just they have more free time. But, but I, maybe I, it's I don't not write people ma- back for days sometimes. It doesn't mean I don't like them. It's just- Yeah, a- but maybe it's not constant communication as much of like, maybe it's like, maybe I'm the one that always texts first and they don't text me first. Do you know what I mean? There, there's stuff like that where it's like, if I'm the one initiating the conversation all the time, then what, then no. what, what is the wisest one way? Why I don't know. Some- Sometimes people gauge like the, the amount of communication and like, as to somebody's interest. So it's like the obsessiveness of receiving contact from them and feeling like they're into you as much as you are them. So I think it's, it's a little bit of, of the obsessiveness versus having something to actually say to somebody and connect. So that moves us into four, which is ignore or rationalize red flags that you operate off of a false reality and only see what you want to see. Yeah. So that would be painting those red flags, white, you definitely Green. do not either want to ignore things that bother you, that make you feel uncomfortable, that make you feel unsafe. Those are different for everybody. And don't talk yourself out of those. Maybe some of them might be like we said, okay, maybe I'm just seeing this from the wrong perspective. It's okay if he goes out with his guy friends tonight or whatever, like check yourself. But if I have friends though, that have been like, dude, you just need to just fucking like put all your shit aside and just date some, just like date somebody, you know what I mean? And it's like, what? But there's things that I don't like about, there's obviously things I don't like about people that makes, that keeps me from dating them. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Don't ignore. I mean, some to somebody else, it might just be like, you're being picky, but maybe, you know, deep down inside, you're like, no, that thing's not right for me. That's not, I'm never going to function with that. What's the difference between ignoring red flags, I guess, or let's say lavender flags? <laughs> lavender is not. No, the reason it could be white, Rob, is like usually white is what's like, um, like you're waving a white flag. I surrender. surrender. Yeah. yeah. So, all right. So what's the difference between like waving a red or white flag and just comp or um, settling? I think... Well, I think if you paint red flags, like warning signs, if you paint them white, you're rationalizing these warning signs. You're like, no, 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 it's okay that he has sex with his ex-girlfriend still because they're whatever. (laughs) I don't know. I mean, fuck, you can, sure, many people can rationalize (laughs) whatever they want. That's a big one. No, I know, but I'm saying, (laughs) do you think, I mean, you don't think people have ever rationalized that shit before? Well, if you're just starting to date somebody and you're not exclusive and you find out that they had sex with their ex-girlfriend because you've gone on three dates and they went and had sex with their ex-girlfriend, would you 
end it? Or would you be like, well, we're not exclusive and I can have sex with whoever I want. And maybe I need to decide if he's still caught up in that relationship or not. Did this happen to you? It has. That's crazy. I, I mean, look, I've if they were fucking too. other people, I've done it too. if, if you were, well, that's crazy. If you're fucking other people, because you're not in an exclusive relationship, then that's fine. But to go to an ex, yeah, well, I mean, like a, an emotional bank account, like going back to it, that's 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 a little much. Yeah, I mean, it just depends on what the situation is. Did they just go have sex with them just to have sex? Is it somebody that they're still like want to be in a relationship with? Is it an ex from five mm. years ago? I mean, what? It de- there's many a things you could either rationalize and or just figure out i mean there's so many layers but i'm sure okay, that, well, well, that's a whole yeah, other episode, episode but i'm just saying people <laughs> you people rationalize whatever they want to rationalize to make things work yes. so as long as yeah. five, everyone has different number values. five kind of goes along with uh two or three yeah it does you get anxious or frustrated if the communication is not constant and you worry when you'll see that person again i mean i think you know generally when you start seeing somebody there's a lot of uncertainty uh how do they feel about you when's the next date are they dating other people right, because you're being vulnerable right you're being vulnerable when you when you like somebody of course but like you don't know stuff so like that's why people like titles they like concrete information you know how to operate within the confines of some sort of construct but so sometimes you can feel somebody pulling away too. Like, you know that it's fizzling out. You, mm. But then there's other times where somebody might just be overly anxious and they have an, an anxious attachment style or they don't know really that much about the other person. So the fact that they don't hear from somebody over an extended period of time, or maybe that person hasn't asked for the next date yet, they haven't scheduled it yet, that might make somebody anxious because they're like, wait, are they pulling away? Are they not into me? Like, when will I see them again? And it's like this frantic energy. But let me ask you a question since we're talking about that. And let me know if it's way too much off the topic. But like, when you first start seeing somebody, what's the appropriate amount to be communicating with them? Well, I think, like, I think that this is where you can be intentional and communicate. So if you want communication, then communicate what you want communicated. Make sense? Like, hey, you could slip in there like, I love hearing from you when you text me. Like, I'm the type of girl who loves a text like every day if you're good with it. Like, I like I like to be checked in with. Like, couldn't you, you just say what you like and kind of put your expectations out there in like a cash way? Yeah. But what if they're not doing that? My, I guess my question is, is like, like I, sometimes I find myself texting people if I haven't talked to them in like a day or two, just to just to be like, oh shit, I don't want to, I don't want them to think I'm not interested. But I also don't want to be texting them seven times a week. Do you know what I mean? So like, which would be once a day. So like, if there's nothing, if like, you know how conversations sometimes don't go into other conversations, and you have to start a new conversation. Yeah like what's what's too much or what's not enough well i think like ongoing conversation is not necessary i do think like talk for talking sake like when you have something to say or do it as a check-in or like and i'm thinking of you those i feel like are intentional like what you were all saying here so and then i'm thinking of you is yeah. what once every three days? No, I think no, when I mean, you think about that person, but yeah, know, maybe it doesn't have to be every time. If you're obsessively thinking about that person, it's a little much. Just get out of the shower, and I'm thinking about yeah, you. So but I'm you know, I mean, text. it's like and let them know, like, 
Hey, saw that. I just saw, look it. I just saw a billboard for that movie you were telling me about or whatever. Like that's, I mean, I think if you want to check in with someone, you'll find organic ways to do that. Or you'll just say, Hey, thinking about you, how's your day? But I think it also helps after a little bit of time to check in with that person. If you're wondering how, I mean, word however you want, but basically like, do you like for me to check in with you? Like, it doesn't matter to me, or I'm not the type of person who doesn't likes to check in a lot. Don't think that doesn't mean I'm not thinking about you. Like, start right. I think that I think this question sparks my interest because it's like when you get to the point where you worry if you're going to hear or see from that, yeah. that person again. Yeah. Right. You know well, what I mean? So it's like stay connected. Then people, or just always make another plan. It doesn't have to be tomorrow, but just say like I want to make another plan with you. I'm thinking next week. How's that? And then you have the plan. It's in place. Nobody has to worry it's happening or not. And then you can communicate and check in as freely as you want between them. Okay. Do you guys okay. ever put, this is a, the sixth one. Do you put this person on a pedestal and start fantasizing about a future together before you really know them? Like I've totally done that before, but like, I don't know when that's bad. Like what's the boundary on that? Like, of course you're excited about somebody. You start thinking to yourself, like, what would it be like to be, could I marry this person? Could I, you know, like to throw up? I think it's okay to do it. I think it's okay to do it to yourself. When you start saying it out loud to them or to other people, then it's too much. No, but it's also only an issue if you like immortalize them or make them this thing that they're not. And like they become somebody that can do no wrong or, you know, you're overlooking a lot of the red flags and painting them white, essentially. Okay. Yeah. Definitely don't put someone on an unnecessary pedestal. All right. Let's run through the next ones just so you guys can have a checklist. Here's the next number seven. Do you focus on the fantasy and hope that the relationship is more than the reality of the actual relationship without knowing who the person is or letting them show you who they really are? Don't do that. Are you overly focused on the other person and you forget to check in with yourself and what you need and what you feel and if your relationship needs are being met? Don't ignore those things. Number nine, have you ever worried or been obsessive or had to have obsessive thoughts about whether the relationship will work out? I think it's okay to worry. Just don't be obsessive. Yeah. Okay. Number 10. Um, do you emotionally overshare with the person you're dating? Are you trying to connect quickly by sharing all of yourself in order to be approved? And are you trying to secure this relationship by oversharing versus just sharing and building an emotional intimate connection in a mutually balanced way? That's a huge thing. Um, number 11, you have not taken the time to objectively upset at, sorry, assess. Number 11, you have not taken the time to objectively assess whether this person aligns with your values. And if there is true compatibility, that would be again, a more specific way of saying, don't paint those red flags white. Yeah. This, these are these bottom six. The reason why we're running through these bottom six right now, because they kind of align with the top six and what we've, they're just kind of saying it. A different they way are. And the like. 12th one is, did you decide that you want to be in a relationship based primarily on chemistry and attraction when you don't really know anything else about those persons? Again, the chemistry needs to be there, but you cannot just make marriage plans based on chemistry. No, the axe murderers, they're hot. <laughs> and don't forget, you guys, to heal your abandonment wounds. That's like the button to all of this. So you need to go back. That was what we talked about at the top when you need to identify your negative patterns and try then to heal whatever you can before you get into the next relationship. It's going to help you and your part- potential partner. And if you like what we discussed, you guys, don't forget you can follow 
your dot relationship dot reset for more helpful info like this. She's great. Mm-hmm. And obviously keep tuning into It's Complicated, where we talk more dating and relationshipy stuff and post really great content like the posts that we're talking about. And while you're there, please subscribe, rate, comment, and share the show with a friend. And if you want to join the class of master daters, like I said, don't forget to follow us on social media at Complicated Show, where we post a lot of this kind of stuff. And if you want to follow me, I'm at Jennifer Golden on all the social meets. And I'm at Rob Evers. No, I'm not. I'm at Forevers, Evers, F-O-R-E-V-E-R-S-E-V-O-R-S on Instagram. I mean, you can just put my name in and it'll come up. But yeah, I'm that, not the other. <laughs> and you can follow me at Lauren Leonelli. Yes, that is my name. And that's where you can follow me on all the social meets. See you next time. Thank you for listening to It's Complicated. And now that we're going steady, come back next week for another date with Jennifer Golden, Lauren Leonelli, and Rob Evers.